Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending November 1st, 2019. I'm Sophie Antelgibert, and I'm joined today by our senior investment strategist, Paul Eidelman. Good morning, Paul. Hi, Sophie. Good morning. It's a pleasure to see you. Yes, same to you. I'm hoping that we can get your insights and perspectives on three topics that have been making headlines this week. Mm-hmm. Um, first is we had the Federal Reserve Board had a meeting on Wednesday. So I want to get your thoughts on the interest rate move that they had there and, and future outlook there. Um, second, we are um, two-thirds of the way through the earnings cycle in the U.S., so I wanted to get your thoughts on where where those are at. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, we had some um, announcements this morning about uh, labor statistics in the U.S., and then earlier this week, um, GDP um, statistics came out. Sure. Sound good? Yep. All right. So maybe starting with the Fed on Wednesday, um, they moved interest rates by a quarter of a point as expected. Yep. Um, what is your outlook from here? Well, yeah, I think we've got the cuts that we've been looking for in July, September, and October. So three cuts in in three meetings. And the Fed's really been pushing back against the global slowing that we've seen as a result of the trade war-related uncertainty. Um, I think the key for investors from here is that it does look like there's a much higher hurdle now for the Fed to make incremental decisions going forward. They kind of feel like they provided enough accommodation to push back against those risks. So our view is now with these three cuts that the Fed will be on sort of a prolonged pause going into 2020. Um, But there is an interesting asymmetry to what the Fed's likely to do from here. Um, Inflation is really actually kind of muted right now, which is unusual for this late in the cycle. A lot of inflationary measures are actually below the Fed's 2% target. And Without that kind of evidence of overheating or inflationary pressure, it's actually very unlikely that the Fed will raise interest rates. Uh, But on the flip side, if uh, we do see more slowing in global growth, it could ultimately cut. So I think even though we have this baseline view that the Fed will be on pause, we think cuts are more likely than hikes from here. And that's pretty consistent with how the fixed income market is is pricing the outlook. And with us being reasonably calibrated to the market's view, we think uh, bonds are reasonably priced and, and play a really important diversifying role in multi-asset portfolios today, even at these these low yield levels. So what about earnings? We got earnings numbers. Um, we're sort of two-thirds of the way through that cycle now in the U.S. Yep. What is that looking like and how are markets reacting? Yeah, the, the earnings have been better than feared. Uh, over 70% of companies are beating expectations, which is a bit better than normal. But the results at a high level are still fairly lackluster. The U.S. is tracking earnings growth somewhere between minus 1% and minus 3%, depending on the exact source that you look at. And we don't like to see negative numbers, obviously. So U.S. multinationals have struggled uh, against a backdrop of weakening revenue growth and uh, slowing economic growth as well. That dynamic is also true outside of the United States. Europe is tracking around minus 3 or minus 4% in terms of Eurostox 600 earnings growth. Japan is maybe a little bit stronger, but tracking around the zero line in terms of its earnings growth. So corporate fundamentals are kind of lackluster globally, but certainly beating a very low bar in terms of where the expectations were. And I think that positivity um, in terms of surprise is one of the dynamics that has helped to lift risk markets over the last couple of weeks as uh, this positive surprise has unfolded. I think for us, from an outlook perspective, we're still seeing some downside risk potential to where consensus is penciling the 2020 numbers, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, there's this sort of consensus view that we'll see a reacceleration in earnings growth next year. 
that's certainly possible if we get a, a trade resolution and stronger economic conditions and a reacceleration. But that's only sort of one of the potential scenarios out there. And so that downside skew is leading us to think the forward-looking return potential is maybe a little bit more muted in the year ahead. But certainly some good news over this week and the last couple of weeks. Well, we'll stick with that good news. Um, we had some uh, some unemployment data, sort of labor data this morning, mm-hmm. um, as well as some GDP data earlier this week in the U.S. What was your read on that, and what do you think it means for the future? Yeah, the GDP was interesting. We don't pay that much attention to it in terms of a market view because it's a backward-looking lens on the third quarter, and we kind of roughly knew uh, the numbers that were going to come out already. But As a comprehensive data release, there is an interesting narrative there that in the United States, we're seeing a sort of tale of two economies right now where the consumer and the housing market have been uh, quite robust, uh, generating strong growth. The consumer has been backed by a strong labor market and healthy wage gains. And the housing market, which had been softening, has kind of bounced back as a result of the much lower mortgage rates that we've seen over the last uh, six to 12 months. So I think those are the areas of strength. But there are sort of softer pockets as well. The manufacturing sector in particular has been very weak. And and the GDP release kind of showed those uh, sort of divergent tensions. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and this week we, we got data points for October that kind of confirm that dynamic is, is still in place. The, the payrolls report this morning was actually very strong in our view, even though the, the headline number was just 128,000 in terms of net new jobs. There was a, a sort of transitory headwind from the auto, auto worker strike at General Motors. In our estimation, that subtracted around 50,000 jobs. So if you add that back, we're probably on the order of 175,000 in terms of net new jobs this month, which is a healthy outcome and and kind of can keep strengthening the labor market and lowering the unemployment rate over time. So I think the news this morning was actually pretty strong in terms of labor market fundamentals, which could keep that uh, strong consumer story in place for the time being. Well, and always keeping in mind, too, where we are in the cycle, right? Um, How many more people are there to fill (laughs) fill these jobs? So interesting to still have three-digit sort of, you know, numbers. Yeah, it was a good outcome. 128,000. Well, uh, Paul, that's all we have time for today, but I thank you for your insights. Um, And thank you for joining us. We'll see you again soon. Mm -hmm.